0: Hello there! Welcome to the At the Well Patreon and Jesus in the Movies. This is our Patreon exclusive recurring season where we talk about movies, media, and the ways that they unintentionally, usually unintentionally, depict aspects of God's character. I'm Jarrell. I'm Charles. And I'm Eli. We are so
1: freaking excited to talk about Moana today. I am hyped! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I can't wait. I've never thought about this movie in this way. I'm so happy we're doing this season and I'm so happy you mentioned Moana Dro, because I've never loved a movie more than right now. So it's good. great. It's
2: so good. It's amazing.
0: That's, that actually gets like right into, well, well, we will get to just more love for Moana. This is actually just a thinly veiled attempt to like gush about movies that we really like um, and for Charles to try to get me to watch This Is Us, but We'll get there, um, maybe. But first, we're gonna start with some movie trivia. now, our our lovely and loyal patrons, you know that we started our Jesus in the movies segments um, a bit a while ago with a with some with some movie trivia. and so far, the scoreboard reads zero to zero. So I'm hoping we get on the board for this movie trivia question. So gentlemen, today's question. For what movie did Tom Hanks score his first Academy Award nomination? For what movie did Tom Hanks score his first Academy
2: Award nomination? Oh, you threw me through a loop there with the nom yep. as opposed to the win. No, he won uh, for castaway, is that right? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I was yeah. gonna yeah, I was gonna he say one for castaway, but that, uh, that wasn't his first nom. Um so, I think I have my answer. Um, good I have your answer. Well, well,
1: we've just discussed my answer, so I guess I'm <laughs> getting a zero
2: for this one. <laughs> Castaway is his <laughs> first win. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Philadelphia. I think it was, it, oh, in, shoot, was he not in Philadelphia? He was in Philadelphia.
0: That is not the correct answer, but that is a oh. good guess. He was very good in Philadelphia. No, I didn't even know this. He was nominated for the movie Big. Oh, that's right. Eli, have you seen Big? Your face says no. no. Which oh, it's good. Two?
2: It's classic '80s, like great movie. It's it's cute. You it see is Big. very cute. Yes. Oh, okay. very young Tom Hanks. Like incredible. Like it'll blow your mind. <laughs> like oh
0: okay. The last thing I saw him in was the Mister Rogers movie, and like thinking about him then, and like thinking about him in Big is like wow, that is okay a lifetime ago. But yeah, so the the scoreboard remains zero to zero. Remains zero, zero. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get on the board one of these days and it is going to be glorious. Okay. Um but enough of all that guys Moana. So we've already kind of kind of uh put our thoughts out there generally but how th- this movie just general thoughts on this movie as a film before we get into dissecting the way it reflects
1: Jesus. Well, well first and foremost Their hair is so realistic and gorgeous. Like the animators did such an amazing job with texture and like that just the tactile nature of everything in the movie. It looks so
2: good. (coughs) Bless you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm impressed with just the animation itself.
2: Oh, it's beautiful. The animation. Yeah, I was actually when so Chelsea and I were watching it. Bless Bless you. you. Sorry, allergies. <laughs> and uh one of the things i was talking about is how the water animation is fantastic and water and hair actually um when you talk about the history of pixar and animation are the hardest things to animate and you wouldn't be able to tell that in moana because the water and hair animation <laughs> is uh quite quite stunning um but like that took years to perfect <laughs> in animation mm. um but what i wanna I wanna throw some love on someone for a second here. So my favorite character, by far, hands down in this movie is hey, hey <laughs> There's no question. He is an at idiot all,
1: at oh my, all, my
2: favorite character by far. And he would be my favorite character without this point, this fact. the fact that, hey, hey, is not like computer generated chicken sounds. It is played by a it's, voice um, actor. It is played by the great Alan Tudyk. Who wait, I didn't let me, Firefly let fans. Me, let me just let me just, I'm just gonna love on Alan Tudyk for a second. Let me just run through some of his 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 voice um acting credentials and acting credentials. Wash on Firefly, Woo! the Duke of Wesselton in Frozen, the Duke of Weaseltown in Zootopia. <laughs> K two in Rogue One, Sonny. He's the voice of Sunny in iRobot. And and this is just a couple. And most more recently, he is the character of Tuck Tuck in Raya the Last Dragon. He oh, wow. He's got, got quite
0: the, the voice acting CV. He's wonderful as um Wash in Firefly. I didn't know he's also <laughs> You left one out, Charles. Oh no, he no, is no, also the Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball. <laughs> Lest <laughs> we forget. He is in fact
1: Steve the pirate. Wait a minute, is Alan Tudyk the robot
2: in Rogue One? Yes, K two. Yeah, he said that's that. K2. K2 oh my god! One. Okay,
1: yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, I was really good. Him. That's fantastic. Okay, good.
2: And yep. the character of Hey Hey, he. Oh my him. gosh! It's it's.
1: I didn't really I thought they used the chicken for that nope. he's so cool. no, that's Alan him. Tudyk. good for him <laughs>
0: I yeah, yeah, really yeah. like Alan Tudyk I did not know that until like I was watching a video about Moana when it came out years ago and I was like same as you I was like was like really <laughs> like, like <laughs> that's impressive but wow would not that is have, impressive would not have suspected that I this is a, a ways down but I, I love the scene where hey hey the like fifth time like falls in the water the water like grabs him, throws him <laughs> in the bottom of the ship, closes the thing, and then it hits slams it. Like, <laughs> like
2: one more time. Like, he's so angry. <laughs> Love this.
0: Just so much. Hey, oh. hey, is also like, low key, a really funny bait and switch. Because, first, you meet Pua, the pig, who's adorable. Yes. Like, he's the cutest thing. And you think, oh, that's going to be her animal sidekick. Yep. That, that's going to be her Raja to, to print me, jasmine's like no it's the chicken, it's <laughs> the the chicken.
2: chicken. <laughs> a chicken that eats a rock
0: <laughs> right goodness gracious uh but yeah moana is quite good i remember really liking it when i first saw it and it still holds up like it's yeah. one of disney's best in my opinion
1: i think um, i will be re-watching it like it's that entertaining it's so yeah. good it's so good.
0: The music is great. Lin-Manuel Miranda, Lin. my dad and yours. Love that man. And also, gentlemen, if if we, we would be remiss if we did not take a moment to just acknowledge the fact that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is in this movie and he sings and it is
1: fantastic. He does well, but I have some thoughts about Maui after... <laughs> yeah we'll get there maybe we should After
2: get into
0: it, the movie you, and, can yeah. have, you can have your thoughts about Maui but Eli you will not besmirch Dwayne the Rock, the rock Johnson. Johnson one of the greatest professional wrestlers in history Eli you will not this bes- I will rock bottom you through the screen goodness well let's let's get into the movie I'm gonna go through some like major set piece to major set piece and we will share our thoughts about how uh, these scenes, albeit unintentionally, reveal some of the, some of the character of God. So we start off with this story. <laughs> I think it's Moana's grandmother, right? Is telling the story. To yes. The kids. Yes. We start with this story that Moana's grandmother is telling to the kids about the legend of the island of tefiti Basically, um, it was a lush green island that, at one point, Maui, uh, the demigod, uh, shape-shifting demigod, stole the heart of Tafiti and lost it as he was like escaping across the ocean um and because of that the island got dark like literally dark and the plants started dying and the fish started dying and this darkness spread from tahiti to the rest of the world at that time and so she opens up with this story that she's telling to these children these small children <laughs> Who all like burst into tears and starts screaming at the end of it the last two words of this story are inescapable death and she like shouts it at these kids and they freak out um but then we get a little bit into of Moana's family but so, yeah we have this story about the lore about the Al-Tafiti. we see that Moana is being um molded to take on responsibility on the island and her dad is like yeah this is it this is all there is don't worry about the stuff beyond the ocean, like this is your duty, this is your responsibility, and this is what we're preparing you for. Um, So yeah, in this introduction to the legends around this world, but also to Moana's family, what what are there, were there any things that stuck out to you from, that reflect
1: Jesus? Yes, okay, well, first of all, the movie begins with a creation story. It quite literally, it like the first line of the movie is in the beginning, there was only ocean. And let's go to Genesis verse two, like or Genesis chapter one, verse two. Now the earth was formless and empty; darkness was over the surface of the what, the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the what, the waters. All I'm saying is they go they go pretty hand with the with the creation story. And like Taffiti is the deity of Mo of the Ma in a film. In case you don't know or don't remember, and her character is that her heart held the greatest power ever known; she could create life itself through it, and. What did Tefiti do? She shared that power. She shared her heart with the world, and so like, evil sought to take Tefiti's heart, hoping to take hold of this weird power of creation, so that they could usurp her as creator. And that sounds pretty much like demons and humans trying to decide things apart from God, as if they sit on the throne of God, if he ain't already on, as if he ain't already on the throne. So like, I got heavy—not like heavy, but like undertones of. Genesis vibes, despite the fact that this movie is not at all meant to uh deliver a Christian or Christ-centered message.
2: I'm becoming
0: um, more convinced that it might be. Like someone <laughs> at
1: Disney. I, I don't think <laughs> doctor wrote
0: this, but there's someone at Disney who was just like, no, nah, I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> and, it. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna hide it behind all these lava monsters and demigods. Yeah. They'll never know. They'll never see the gospel coming. I'm like, the more I think about this movie, the more I'm like, huh, this seems really weirdly intentional.
2: <laughs> yeah, because the other, I, everything you said is, is like great, Eli. But the other revelation is that so this is a legend, right? The grandmother's right. telling this legend of the, the history of Tafiti, what happens, and then part of the story is what will happen. Right. It's like this, and someone will return the heart of Tafiti. And I was like, uh, this is like the Old Testament prophecies of Jesus. Genesis 3:15. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's like, oh, like, oh, she's prophesying in their legend, she's prophesying yeah. about a messiah, about yeah. a savior. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, Yeah, so there's
1: something there too. Also, and this is the issue I have with Maui. So Maui is the one who's responsible for taking the heart of Tafiti. And creation, because of that, begins to crumble apart. Sin entering the world, affecting creation itself. This decaying darkness that spreads, as Charles and Jara have said before. Leaving the island of Tafiti, Maui's confronted by Taka, uh, which is the demon of earth and fire, who we later figure out is sort of like the wrath of Tafiti, but it's Tafiti, but they're like this corrupted version of her. And Maui is struck down from the sky by Taka, who we later um, and. and I don't know, just this notion of being struck down from on high um, is like this Lucifer vibe that I get. And I immediately was like, get behind me, Maui, when I saw that in the movie. <laughs> 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 and I just like, I was like, oh, that's nifty. That's so nifty. But like, yeah, this the notion of decay spreading and it uh, being like the jaws of inescapable death this, like, predicament that humanity is in because of a human's decision. Like, Maui, a human being, decided to take the heart of defeat. It, it's just, like, I don't know. I don't want to reach, but I also enjoyed the fact that, like, people are in a predicament, and there's this prophesied savior who's going to set things right.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. I think there's, there, before we move on to the next, like, set piece, there is a water obviously is a huge theme in the entire movie yes um and not in the i apologies, charles not in the lame frozen two-way that says water has a memory like water <laughs> has a much better <laughs> and substantial role to play in this it's like a sentient being um yes. for a lot of it and so there's this like really adorable and brilliantly animated scene of baby Moana, who looks exactly like our friend Orlando's daughter Maria when she was her age. Um, shout out to Orlando, uh, if is not a patron already. Um, but there's a scene of her, like, the water choosing her, in air quotes, effectively. Um, and, like, choosing her as, like, this person. And there's, like, something so much about, like, her wide-eyed wonder of, like, yeah, meeting sentient waves. And, like, it, but it's so, like, it's so gentle with her and so like like nurturing of her and like taking and if there's something about like Jesus says like do not like prevent the little children from coming to me in the sense of like God himself is um like what was I think the beavers in Narnia when they're describing Aslan say he's he's good but he's not safe and this idea that like there's so much like immeasurable power to God that he still invites us to come before him as like children who like in some ways you would think oh don't know any better so like to come vulnerably and honestly before him there's like this really sweet scene of just like Moana like being chosen for this huge thing but in the context of just a kid being curious and like just like like coming before like this thing with like A lot of wonderment. I don't know. I think there's something there about like uh, the way that we approach God, like being that of little children, even when it's like something like sets the course of everything else in motion. Like it's, it's adorable. Um, So this, the water chooses Moana, but as we said, her uh, father and her mother don't want her to go anywhere near the water um, and don't want her to like go out to sea for any reason. Um, and so you get the the song that the name I still cannot remember with them describing this is what we do on the island and no one ever leaves the island because why would you want to leave the island? Then you get the song "How Far I'll Go." You've probably heard it. I'm not going to sing it, where Moana just basically talks about always like having this like desire to like go toward the water and to like set out sail and like feeling called by the ocean bang in tune um again you've probably heard it um but so she does this and in the process of doing this um gets shipwrecked and then like makes her way back to shore and is tended to and everything seems like it's fine um but then i want to make sure i'm not getting too far ahead oh she goes out i'm doing a great job of this synopsis guys she goes out because they're struggling to find fish. So she's trying to find fish to feed the people on the island. So she goes out to see if there's some beyond the reef. And she ends up getting shipwrecked. And she finds out about her dad's, one of what, one of the things that leads to like her dad's hang up to the water and that his friend, he and his friend once went beyond the reef and his friend ended up drowning um, because they also got shipwrecked. And so there's this balance, like Moana feels called to the ocean, but her dad's like, you cannot go anywhere near the ocean because of the pain that he experienced from losing his friend to it. Um, so I'll, I'll pause there. And if there's anything past that we get into, then we do. But what stood out to you from this part?
1: I laughed super hard. And I don't know whether or not this is appropriate, but I laughed super hard when Moana gets mollywhopped by the waves after she first <laughs> leaves the shore. I did, I laughed so hard. wrong you? <laughs> it's really, it's a really good and healthy illustration of how sobering reality is against our hopes and expectations. Like mm. just because you're invested in something or passionate about something, doesn't mean it's going to be convenient or easy. And I'm glad kids get to see, and adults get to see Moana get her butt kicked when she and this is the important part thoughtlessly goes out into the into open water without taking any precautions. Like it almost killed Pua. Almost killed Pua. Oh, poor Pua. I cried. Poor I thought, Pua. I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna die
0: the first time I saw it. I would have wept. <laughs>
1: And so, like, yeah, I think zeal without wisdom can lead to dumb decision-making. And I think it's mm. super healthy for for children to see that. Like, she survives and she walks away with a cut on her foot. Like,
2: good. Like, things have consequences. Good. It's
1: a
0: good point.
2: I'm going to i gotta jump ahead just a little bit because I didn't have anything there. But right after she cuts her foot, she encounters her grandmother. Mm. And the next plot point is that her grandmother kind of shows Moana the history of her people so yes there's this element of her dad is afraid of the water because he lost his friend because of zealous foolishness really actually um, of them thinking you know going beyond the reef but what Moana's grandmother shows her what Moana discovers is that at some point and uh, Moana's people were travelers. They were explorers. They they went and did, you know, and found new land throughout the ocean, discovered new land, planted themselves, and then sent more explorers out. And something changed. She discovers this when, like, she's in uh, a cave with all these ships. And she asked her grandmother, what happened? Why are we not explorers? Um, and and she goes on, it's like, well, ships started not coming back because of the darkness that has spread. Uh, so, something fundamentally changed that t- changed the nature of their people. And as I was, they were, uh, you know, her grandmother was explaining this, I realized this is what happens to us and sin. You know, sin entered the world, darkness entered the world in Moana's world, and the nature of a people fundamentally changed. And that's what happens to us. Our nature is fundamentally changed because we are cut off in relationship and fellowship to God when we sin. And just like Moana's people, their nature was to travel to explore, and it was cut off because of the darkness or the sin that had entered the world. Um, and yeah, I don't know, Jarrell. I think there might be <laughs> maybe this wasn't so as unintentional as uh, as we first thought.
0: <laughs> Let the conspiracies abound. There is there is a follow. There's a very creative disciple of Jesus Christ in Disney. <laughs> <laughs> who's just like no no no? Who with Moana was like I'm taking this one. I'm I'm taking this entire movie. Love it. It's gonna be great. Um, no, Charles, I absolutely the that there's so there's something so much about that scene where she finds the old boats and it's this reminder of what they used to be. That like I'm still I'm still like processing on my own. Like it's, there's something about that that like hits home, but like I find really hard uh, to like even articulate. There's a there's an element of that that is sin but also i think there's something to the to as the body of christ to consider like is who we are collectively in line and consistent with who the body of christ was in scripture
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like if not what other th- what things have kind of pushed us off course what things have caused us to say well this is safe and like cause us to just kind of stay on our islands because i think that there's a view of Christianity, at least american christianity that is just yeah i go to church on sunday and i am i don't know i'm comfortable in a lot of ways and that's what it is and it's like moses like told pharaoh to let his people go like joshua and caleb spied out uh, like lands with giants like there's so much not just like in these massive um events in biblical history but there's so much in who the people of god are throughout scripture that is so active and so kind of a a force that's kind of unleashed on the world and god uses like which is what our podcast is to do extraordinary things through and i think sometimes we kind of settle and like as a church we become like the people on matanui we're just kind of like this is safe this is comfortable This is enough. And it's like, you know, I'm not going to say to your point, I'm not going to say just go out and do reckless things like zeal without wisdom does lead to dumb decisions and you should be like discerning things. But I think that, you know, there are a lot of ways the church can like open up its sails a bit and remember that like we aren't here firstly to be comfortable or to be set financially, but to make disciples of all nations. And I think in some ways, and myself very much included, we can get into a very Americanized version of Christianity, which is like all this stability and security first and this time Jesus. And I think that there's something there that can be, be shaken up. I think there's also something with uh, Moana and her dad of, he obviously suffered a great tragedy, but um, shifted because of that in the way that he saw his daughter, which I mean, I think anyone with kids would do that, but I, there's something to be said about if you were someone whoever did like ministry, maybe in situations that weren't always, um, that were a bit more radical or challenging to also being willing for your children to follow that example. And I think that sometimes you get parents who are like, it was fine when I did it, but like, I don't I don't want them going to do ministry. It's like these people in these places. And it's like the sense of trusting, that your kids are god's kids and trusting that if he's the one that's sending them out um he's the one that's going to go before them into that adventure whatever it is um so yeah a lot here Amen. amen then the grandmother dies as she's as they're like tending to her moana oh frick i love this is a tangent. i love this scene moana goes to get her stuff to leave because her grandmother basically tells her you are the chosen one in their quotes. Like, you're the person that's going to restore the heart of Te Fiti, um, to bring, uh, to stop this darkness. And so Moana realizes that she goes to get her stuff to leave. And I think it's like her mom is there. Yes. And she, and she sees along with this point of like, like parents and children, she sees that Moana has to leave and she like tears up, but she just like gives her her things. Yep. And it's like Oh, uh, that almost made me cry. Yep, <laughs> like it's just this moment of just recognizing like that her daughter is stepping into what she was meant to be, and she's like, "Go!" Like doesn't say anything, just gives her her stuff, and then she takes yep. off. Uh, Moana goes, and then she hits a let's hit the typhoon. She gets shipwrecked on an island where we find Maui, Eli's favorite character in all of fiction. And he sings You're Welcome, which, again, is a fantastic song, where he basically says, this is who I am. This is what I've done. Then he steals her boat. Um, anything on that, from Grandma's death to that initial introduction of Maui?
1: Yes. This is probably one of my favorite um, interactions that Moana has with the ocean and with the grandma and with Maui. So here's the thing. One. The most touching line of the film is said right before her grandmother passes away, there is nowhere you could go where I won't be with you. And I was like, that's God. Yep, yep. Yep. (laughs) Amen to all of that. I also think it was a really beautifully done death scene where like her passing shook the earth and this wave of air courses down the island and then the manta ray spirit like flows beneath her boat and literally goes ahead of her literally goes before her. I was like, that's the Lord! The fix okay. is in. The fix is in! It's it. We've <laughs> got like, an inside person is... in, in Disney. <laughs> this <laughs> is it. A Christian got a hold of an entire movie, praise God! That was beautiful. And then the ocean, her interaction with the ocean upon her crash land at her shipwreck, uh, canoe wreck on, the, on this little patch of Earth. Okay, so Sentient Ocean is so familiar to me. So like 35 minutes into the film, Moana with all her tenacity and newfound focus, is once again met with adversity in the form of a shipwreck. Her canoe capsizes and she asks Ocean for help in the middle of a storm. And it's at night, like this intense storm at night. And seemingly no help is offered. And so Moana wakes up in the morning alive, but her boat's you know, tossed about. And as far as she can tell, she's not where she needs to be. And Moana walks up to the shoreline this little patch of earth that she's been dropped off at and she begins to do what i can only describe as most of my prayer times in the past year and a half moana is angry she's crying out to the ocean and it's and reminding the ocean of the fact that she asked for help her boats wrecked and the ocean did nothing to defend her during the storm but the audience and eventually moana finds out that this little patch of earth is exactly where she needs to be and it's here that i actually pause the movie and i actually I had a mini prayer time because there's this notion of like, I allowed that storm to take place in your life so that I could put you where I wanted you to be. If you're going to succeed at the task that I put in your hands, success is only going to happen on my terms, not on yours. And so there's this um, beautiful representation of an angry prayer to God when he puts you where you need to be, despite the fact that it's not where you want to be. I love it. I love this scene. I love that entire sequence.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I, it's, it's beautiful. She she says she's asking for help and there's no response. And when she, and, and her ship is destroyed, she ends up on the thing. And I love that she says, um, I said, help me and wrecking my boat, not helping. And like, how often is that? (laughs) Like we're in the midst of a storm. We're asking for help and the storm continues, it gets worse. And we say, God, you're not helping. But there's something about God is leading us to the point that we need to go. And sometimes even when it doesn't seem like he's going to help us um, or that he is helping us, he is, he actually getting us, as you said, Eli, he's actually getting us to the point where we need to be just like Moana ended um, up on the Island where she needed to be where Maui was um, to continue on with her quest.
0: And speaking of quests, it's at this point in the movie where Moana is joined on her quest by the one, the only, played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Maui, Demigod and Wind. No, Demigod and like God of the Wind. Oh, I Googled this right before this and I closed the tab. (laughs) But this is where she's joined by Maui and he sings an amazing song. Again, is there nothing Dwayne The Rock Johnson can't do? Um, Do we have any thoughts on just the introduction of Maui in this character? Remember, I will take no slander of Maui here, Eli. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what,
1: do we have any takeaways from his introduction? I've already said, get behind me, Maui. That was enough. <laughs> now I'm not slandering. I'm not slandering Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Go but ahead, Dwayne, me. do your thing. But, not, but I don't know. I have mixed feelings towards Maui because... I mean, first of all, I love the tattoos, <laughs> but as we go through this story, we learn that like, he's sort of the victim of being very pressured to win affection. Like he did this ultimately because he wanted to win affection, but I also, but he also did something very evil. <laughs> he took the heart of Te I'm not a fan. Larson, um, I'm pretty sure. That's still, that's still a and I'm, I'm <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. I find it interesting as you just it just about the, with the character of Maui where sometimes and a lot of characters and situations like sometimes a character is a reflection of Christ or of, of like discipleship and sometimes not. And Maui in in his introduction um, as the character steal the heart of Zafiti and even in this introduction as like meeting the character the first time, it's like nah, this isn't good. Um, Because my observation is during the wonderful song, You're Welcome, Mm. um, as sung by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And then I noticed towards the end of the song, Maui gives Moana some fruits as, you know, in the music video, if you can call that that. And then he kind of leads her along and she's carrying these fruits and she's really excited because, you know, this demigod is singing to her. And soon after the song ends she discovers that Maui has led her and like the color and the cartoon kind of fades and reality sets in. And she's discovers that she's in a rock cave. Maui's leaving and the fruits that were in her hand are rocks. And then Maui closes the door or whatever it is um, and leaves. And it hit me that Maui is a reflection of the evil one in this way, in that, this is how the evil one operates um, in the world in regards to sin. Mm. He tempts us and entices us with these things that seem so good. And in the moment, they're like, oh, yeah, look at this delicious fruit. And, and um, look at he's leading me on this really wide and open path. And this is great. But when but what it actually is, is rocks, what it actually is, is a trap um and so i was just really hit by that like wow that is how the evil one operates is he tries to tempt us and, and alluring us and saying this is good and actually it's rocks and it's a trap you better preach charles like mm. i said get behind me <laughs>
0: <laughs> i can't even argue with that that is an excellent assessment of, of maui's character there i will say i think to maui's point like, so before we get to the point where like the Like Charles, you said, the reality sets in of these kind of gifts, if you can call them that. He's given Moan over the course of the song, turned to rocks. There's so much of his character in the song that gets revealed later, uh, how so much of his identity was rooted in just the things that he did. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of like, like the bridge is just him like laying out, like, i made all of these things. I gave all of these things to you. Like you're welcome. Like the whole song is just, I'm pretty great. You're welcome for this, this stuff. Right. And so I went, I went in a different uh, direction in like my kind of deconstructing the character of Maui and like in him, I see, I think a temptation that um, I know I definitely um, fell to a lot in high school and college. I think a lot of us do, which is putting our worth simply in what we produce. And I think that's an incredibly difficult in, uh, I think in probably a lot of cultures, but I think in uh, American culture, there's so much of a push on, you know, a very linear path to life. It's like do really well in school, get really good grades, go to a really good college, get really good grades again, uh, get a good job, climb up the corporate ladder, retire early. And just this idea of like, you're constantly on this treadmill to just do and do and do and do and do. And if we're not careful, it's something that we can put a, a, the whole of our identity into. And that's something I had to learn, like I said, in college to realize like, oh, I'm not uh, who I am because my grades look a certain way I'm who I am because of who Jesus is and because of who um, God says that I am and so there's a lot it's, it's a theme that will get continued throughout this but I just wanted to throw that out there is the the concept the theme of identity is something that comes up a lot in this movie and particularly with Maui who in his introduction is like look at what i've done as if that's the thing that gives him worth as if that's the thing that gives him value and we found out uh, a little bit later um why that is but i think that that uh speaks to our tendency to maybe do the same if we don't know and aren't confident in uh being children of god simply because god says so
2: mm, that's, that. that's really great insight and also kind of indicative to what i was saying earlier where like the character and I think we'll probably find this in any and every movie or TV show we discuss that the character has like multiple sides, or there can be mm-hmm. even very different paradigms where like in the same scene, yeah. I kind of saw a reflection of the evil one. And in the same scene, rightly so, Gerald, you're seeing a reflection of us um and our character and our persona. And I think that's that's actually really cool about this, is that we can mm-hmm. kind of everyone's gonna kind of take and see something different, which has a semblance of reality and truth to it.
1: Nice.
2: I think in terms of
1: whether Maui is looked at as this version of the evil one or sort of this portrayal of the evil one or portrayal of us, there's this really wonderful moment where Maui is weak, right? So his hook has been been taken from him at this point, which is what pushes us into the next portion of the story. But there's a point where both he and Moana are on the are on her canoe at the same time, and he attempts to jump off and swim away, and the ocean um, shoves him back onto the boat. And I love that because I think the way I sort of see or understand ocean in this movie is like sort of like God, and so God is still whether it's the evil one or us, God is actually still in control of the overall plan like there is not a moment where Satan is somehow outsmarting what God is doing there's not a moment where we're outsmarting what God is doing he's ultimately the one who orchestrates and allows permits and ordains things to take place and so I thought that was a I liked that I liked the fact that Maui was just sort of everyone's just sort of dealing with the water. (laughs) Everyone's stuck being moved around, whether you're hey, hey, the chicken, (laughs) and you're you're trying to just stupidly run off the canoe and you're being plopped down by the water. Like, it's just great. Um, But shifting us into the next scene, um, or I guess the next hurdle, um, about an hour into the movie, um, Moana and Maui are climbing up to the entrance of the realm of monsters to face this (laughs) realm of hermit crab. And and Maui sarcastically asks why the ocean didn't return the heart of tefiti itself or choose someone else. And Moana mutters to herself the words, for grandmother, the ocean chose you for a reason. And I thought this scene was really good because um, the character of Moana illustrated the need, I think, that we have to remind ourselves um, to practice patience in the I don't know portions of our journeys to get to the end of our journeys so that we can then see the whole picture. Um, and so like... Moana, like what's motivating her is the, is the end result. She has this promise and she's like, Lord, I like, I I think Lord, but like, she's like, I want to fulfill this. I want to get to the end of this. I don't know what the journey is going to be, but I want to get to the end of this. Um, she's running her figurative race, but she's still saying, I don't know necessarily all the reasons why I'm specifically the one to do it. And I think that's okay. I think it's fine for there to be mystery in your journey. Um, I thought that was really encouraging. I liked it, but now we can talk about how weird the hermit crab is. Man,
0: <laughs> eh. how, how dare! Okay, no, I think that is a, a very good point. And this idea of like, uh, giving our yes, to the Lord doesn't necessarily guarantee we know what comes next, or that we are even super, um, not necessarily confident, um we don't have like an outline of how things are always going to go, but it is kind of a consistent, like, yeah, I love that the ocean chose you for a reason. Um, And this idea that God is equipping us through the journey, not just like giving us all the answers and saying, okay, now just go follow the playbook. It's just, this is part of what following him means uh, and what like being led by the spirit means. Um, So absolutely. So we get, I don't know if we'll actually have anything on the realm of monsters part, but Tomatoa. He hasn't always been this glam. He was a <laughs> drab little clam once. And he's so funny. And so and the song, the song slaps. Do we have any takeaways from Moana and Maui's time in the realm of monsters? Um, this is also where we get a bit more of Maui's backstory. Uh, so I'll put out his with this theme of identity. Um, There's a line in Shiny, the the absolute banger, sung by one Tamatoa, um, where he talks about uh, Maui being abandoned. And that gives a bit more insight into why he is the way he is. But I'll continue to kind of tease that until we come to that point in the movie, because we get a much more full explanation of it as we go. Okay, so from this, Maui gets his hook back. That's an important part. Yep. Um, the hook that's supposed to allow him to shapeshift into different animals. Um, but he finds in the fight with Tamatoa that his hook has been damaged. It's like cracked on the side. And so he has very little control over what he changes into um, and, ca- and can't really manage that. Which is rough because they are on their way to what used to be the Isle of Tahiti. Um, to try to return the heart of De Fiti, and that is where they face Takah, the lava monster. Um, and so Maui is not feeling confident about this because he doesn't have his hook. Moana, true to what Eli said in this last point, is like the the ocean shows you for a reason. She's going ahead even though she doesn't have he, she doesn't have Maui at full strength. And in the process, she's learning to sail. And then a fight ensues between Takah maui and moana during the process maui's hook is i think cracked in half yeah is that are just like oh not entirely well, it's like well damage. yeah it's
1: damaged really 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 badly
0: yeah like the crack gets bigger it's like got sparks coming out of it yeah. um in this i think he does it gets damaged that way because he's like in a last ditch effort tries to save moana from getting like basically punched in the face by a giant lava monster that leaves his hook badly damaged he's angry Upset and leaves, and Moana is in the middle of the ocean by herself. That was, a, that was a there's a lot there, so I'm going to pause and see if there's anything from that section of the movie that
1: stood out to us. Well, I love this section of the movie, um, and it's mostly because, so like after Moana and Maui's first encounter with Taka, we as Jarrell said, like. The hook is really, really, really badly damaged. And as a result of this, right, this is, this hook is the symbol of Maui's perception of himself. This is the trophy of his achievements. Um, and so because it's damaged, it's kind of Moana's fault. He lashes out at Moana. And Moana, suddenly, because of what he says, feels doubt over her purpose and asks the ocean to choose someone else. I love, I love this scene so much. And the ocean does something really spectacular. Praise be to God for whatever Christian was on this design team. <laughs> Seriously, um, the ocean takes the heart of Tafiti away from her and puts it just outside of her reach in the water. So that when her conviction to push past defeat and try again is restored, uh, she must make the effort to get the heart that's been submerged in the water, rather than it simply being handed over to her again. And I think this scene unintentionally. And really beautifully illustrates a truth about God's goal and bringing us not just into discipleship with Him, but into mature discipleship with Him. Is that at certain points, God's not simply going to dump a responsibility in our hands, uh, but rather through circumstances and whispers, He's going to ask us, Will you take a step out in faith and accomplish this thing with the strength that I give you? I think, hands down, my favorite scene in the movie is when she jumps into the water after like getting her ish together.
2: That's well said, Eli. And actually, I'm going to take us back a little mm. bit before that point, yeah. um, because I think there's something really beautiful about what you just said about pushing past the doubt and the fear till her conviction got her to that, to jump in the water. Mm. And one of the things that really struck me before that happens, which is a really beautiful point, is right before that, what her her grandmother's ghost, I guess we can call it, shows up and they have a conversation. Um, And I I don't remember the exact uh, script, but it's very clear that the grandmother knows what needs to happen. She knows that Moana needs to push past that fear and that doubt and be once again convicted of the call that's been placed on her life. And yet she says to Moana, and this I'm quoting, if you are ready to go home, I will be with you. And I just, I was like, holy smokes, is that not the Lord, the Holy Spirit? We have free will. And in this moment, even though the grandmother knew, knew I, that Moana needs to take the heart of tefiti and defeat Taka, like she knew what needed to happen. She didn't push. She didn't prod. She... She kind of like made it known that there needed to, something to happen, but it was in a way that Moana discovered it herself and she allowed Moana to make the choice herself, which then leads beautifully into your point, Eli, about pushing past and being reconvicted of herself. And it was a choice that she made. Uh, and it took work to dive down and get the heart. And I was just like, this is beautiful. There's obviously there was a there was a Christian on in, you know, in this process because. Yeah, there, it was free will, um, and that's one of the greatest gifts we have from the Lord. Amen. You better preach. Amen. Yes, I yeah.
0: Just that this. So there is a song that she sings when she's talking to the grandmother's ghost, Charles. It's just called "I Am Moana," and it's one of my favorite songs in the entire movie. And it's very short, but it's like ah. So she okay. To get rewind uh, from that, I like that and I I guess some of it is kind of traditional storytelling, but I like that they showed up uh, to Tafiti to to return the heart, and they lost. Um, I think it's actually super important. Like, they got murked um, by, and it was like, it's this moment that you, first time watching it, maybe would be, like, like forgiven for thinking, oh, well, they're just going to put the heart back and it's going to be fine. Because, you know, in the process, like, of them getting there, Maui and Moana are are growing closer. Uh, He's teaching her how to be a wayfinder and how to sail. He talks about uh, his tattoos and how they're a mark of the the things that he's accomplished, but also how um, he got them when his mortal parents abandoned him, um, when he was an infant and the gods, uh, quote unquote, took pity on him and gave him the powers that he has. And so now we see why he's like so, singularly focused and identified on doing things because like that, that is what literally gives him worth because he was um, cast aside um, at such a a young age and that there's so much there. um, And like then you'd imagine that when he loses his hook, the thing that allowed him to do those things, he's like, well, I'm of no use here. So like despondent and upset with Moana, he leaves. And then again, ties this point of identity when we have so much of ourselves wrapped up in what we do when we can't do them, well, then what are we and it kind of shows this idea of like, uh, like there's so there's a lot of passages in scripture to talk about build, like the idea of building your house on the rock, and not building your house on sand. And when we have this over identification with our progress or productivity, or just like what we can accomplish, that's like building our house on sand, and when for reasons sometimes out of our control, we can't do it we're left kind of like what Mao is, is like, well, why would I keep trying to do this? Like, I'm not anything without this. And so we see him see in his mind, his identity literally broken to its core in the shape of that hook and he leaves. And then we see Moana have her identity challenge as well because she's like, this whole time, you know, the ocean chose me for a reason, but we lost. So who am I now? And I just, I I, I love that because, you know, like, Learning to lose or learning to respond to failure is something in our lives as people, but as disciples that we kind of have to learn to embrace Um, because it's one of the things that I think God most uses to mold us because it is so personal. It is so painful at times. It is so frustrating that when we find God in those moments, he rewires how we see ourselves, how we imagine our identity and actually allows us to be um come more fully into who he wants us to be and so them losing you saw it, both of them really hit the same kind of reaction i is like i'm gone moana's like i want to go home um and then she has the moment with her grandmother and i just as a song it's great because it's it's really just moana reminding her grandmother reminding her and then moana reminding herself of who she is which again comes up a lot and it, there's a scene, oh, so good. There's a there's this point in it um, where she says, her grandmother says, Moana, listen, do you know who you are? And then Moana just says, like, who am I? And then she starts, like, listing out everything that's happened on this adventure and, like, everything that they've done and everything that has led them to that point. And then arrives, and it's it's so good because then, like, the drums just build as she's listing it, and, oh, uh, it's beautiful it's such such a good song but anyway um she does this and it builds and builds and builds and the music swells and it like and the last line of the song is I am Moana and it's just kind of this acceptance of like the ocean chose me for a reason and I'm still like on this like path even though this didn't go the way that I thought it would and I love that because even though In the context of the song, it's a lot of Moana saying like, you know, I've delivered us to where we are. I've journeyed far farther. I've sailed across the world. In my own life, when I find myself doubting if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be, I often have to go back and remind myself of things that God has already done. And like the trouble, the worst trouble that he's gotten me out of the darker places that he pulled me from. And just kind of it's come up in the podcast a lot, this idea of being a People and disciples of remembrance who are like, but this is who God was here. This is who he was here. This is when he showed up this time. And that kind of practice and spiritual discipline of remembering, simply remembering that God is undefeated, is one of those things that helps us to step more fully into if he's done all of this, why wouldn't he also do this? And like I I, in a different way, but I see like Moan, that song kind of modeling like. You know, the equivalent of, like, God introducing himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of him telling the people to leave 12 stones by the Jordan to remember that he brought them across. Uh, And, yeah, it's a spiritual discipline that I'm trying to grow in and that I think in that song is kind of shown really beautifully.
1: I also just, like, love the fact that the water so all throughout the movie the, you see water in different stages there's points where the water is dangerous there's points where the water like as little baby moana wanders out <laughs> into the onto the shore it like plays with her and then turns her around back to safety right there's um also this moment where like during everything that you've spoken about jarrell the water is perfectly calm like so calm that it actually reflects the sky and is peaceful and allows Moana to have this conversation with her grandmother, and I think there's this really beautiful moment where it's like there are times when God is dangerous, there are times when God is is just someone to be a refuge in, there are times when like all of these all of these things about God's identity are reflected in how he interacts with us. The more we talk about this movie, this film, I can't. <laughs> I, I refuse to believe that there were Christians in charge, charge of this. And if there weren't, that is simply an act of God. <laughs> this children's movie.
2: If it if it wasn't, it just points to again, like creators cannot help but yeah. reflect the this his story. His yeah, story. Amen. Like, amen. Everything that has been created is. Is a reflection of the Lord and Amen. it can't help but reflect the Lord. And
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that brings us into the final, yeah, the final arcs. So there, Moana had again beautiful song, has this moment. She like goes back to the island by herself. So she's back to the Isle of Tafiti, knowing that she's gonna face Taka. And it's just her in the boat um, for, for a bit she gets there she's like navigating through the water she's like avoiding again just like molten lava being thrown at her uh, using the skills that Maui like taught her and getting free of Taka. and in the course of this like she again faces a lot of turbulence and the boat gets uh, nearly capsized and it looks like it's a rap from Moana when who should show up Dwayne the Rock Johnson Maui <laughs> <laughs> comes in protects Moana and basically holds off to Ka while Moana navigates around the island. And I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, the boat gets like wrecked, like as she's getting to the island. Like she escapes and gets sets foot on it fine, but the boat just gets absolutely obliterated. There's a scene of Moana um, I believe she's running to the center of the island to find Tafiti to restore her heart. She gets there and Tafiti's not there. And so there's this moment where she's kind of processing and thinking and then she goes then Maui uh I forgot about this scene now actually I'm explain, explaining it there's then Maui is like still fighting Takah, the lava monster and he's doing the the haka I believe that's what it's called yes he's like so he's and at this point his hook is completely broken um so he's like given his last bit to try to keep Takah back his hook is done and so Takah is like rising up over Maui to like smite him, basically, and he's just like defiantly like doing the haka and like staring to cut. Oh, it's so good! But then, then, gentlemen, <laughs> if you had any doubts as to either there being a Christian in this movie and in charge of the production, or God just kind of taking hold of it, we get. This final scene, and it's technically a song. I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going to read the lyrics verbatim. Uh, called "Know Who You Are," Moana, and I, I, I have to take a minute to set the scene because it's it's so beautiful. Moana uh, has his moment of realization, and she steps onto the shore of the island. Taka, the lava monster, is like yards and yards and yards and yards, and yards out from shore. Moana holds up the heart. Taka turns around. And Moana is again took Taka was about to kill Maui, Maui was ready to die. Um, she sees Taka sees Moana, and Moana shows her the heart. So Taka starts like running at her, and like it's this really it's like on Taka's side, you just see this like crawling and like kicking up all this dirt and sand, and there's smoke and like fire and destruction around her. Her face is like gnarled and her expression is just angry. She's like lunging probably like football field length by football field length toward Moana. And you cut to Moana and she's like got the, the calmest expression on her face. And she's just walking like quietly, peacefully towards Zakah. The they cut back to Zaka. It's just more smoke and flames and anger and rage. Cut back to Moana. Calm. Like... like wind is blowing around like blowing her hair the water's like clear and she keeps going and then she starts talking or singing And these so again I'm going to read them word for word because they're absolutely beautiful these are the lyrics I have crossed the horizon to find you I know your name they have stolen the heart from inside you but this does not define you. This is not who you are. You know who you are. I'm just gonna pause there because the first time I watched this movie, I had a moment in the theater where I was kind of like looking around and I was like, is that Jesus? Did 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 you just make a cameo in this movie? (laughs) <laughs> like, oh, it gives me chills to read it now. But, like, just the, that chunk of text in the context of her just calmly walking towards Takah while Takah's, like, thrashing and, like, trying to get to her is, uh, uh we'll go on to what happens immediately after. I wanted to pause and talk about just that line and what preceded it, because, my goodness, it's, ah.
1: Uh. Well, in terms of setting the stage to... Ocean parts and allows Taka to cross because Kata, Kata, Taka could not cross water. And so, like, once again, it is this visualization of God setting the stage for reconciliation to take place. And I'm Moana, like, oh.
2: Moana tells the ocean. Yeah, that's right, her... that's right. That's right.
1: That's right. That's oh, right. Oh, thank you for that point, Charles. Yeah, Jesus, all the way. Praise
2: God. <laughs> I. The way that you're describing it now, Jarell, there's I think there's a lot in the imagery that's going. Like there, there's a stark contrast between the darkness that's, it, like when they 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 cut to Takah versus the light and the peace that is in Moana. So there's a lot there which you probably do. But I was just stuck on the lyrics of that song, um, a couple. Couple lines, they have stolen the heart from inside you. That's what sin does to us. Um, and the next line is, but this doesn't define you. And, and you, we keep talking about identity. And sometimes our identity crisis is that, like, I am my worst sin. But this song right here, but that doesn't define you. That doesn't define you. That is not who you are. You know who you are. And I was just struck by the fact that. Uh, I I think I've said this on the podcast before, we have a God-shaped hole in our hearts and it's in our nature to know whose we are. And we just need the opportunity, uh, that God moment for him to like, for us to understand, I know whose I am um, because I've been bought with the price. Um, And there was, there's actually one more line um, to the song. It ends with who you truly are. Um, so there's, you know, that, that identity piece of who we truly are just, it's beautiful.
0: That first line gets me every time I've crossed the horizon to find you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, mm-hmm. and just the imagery of that, of like, to cause this like broken mess and like shell of a being and is like lashing out at Moana, even as Moana is trying to help. And Moana just approaches calmly peacefully and yeah, as we will see restores uh, Takata what she used to be and so yeah it uh, gets me every time it just the the idea of like Jesus speaking that over us like I've crossed the horizon to find you like, this idea of the good shepherd who seeks out the lost sheep is something that like, yeah, just hits you over the head um, with that scene so
1: I have a verse that actually <laughs> This is Romans eight. So to cause, to cause like this representation of creation, right? Like she is this collection of earth. She's this writhing mass of what's been the result of sin. Romans eight nineteen through 23. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it and hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay. Oh my gosh, decay, bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly while we wait for adoption the redemption of our bodies. What? <laughs> this movie was directed, <laughs> written, designed by everything, by Christians. Or by God Himself. He just took over. He said, Move out of the way. <laughs> I so got some good. stuff to get off my chest. <laughs> it's so good, Romans 8, 19 through
2: 23. Just, ah, so good. That's so true. I I have written in my notes Tafiti or Taka is marred and scarred and disfigured from her heart being stolen, which is what sin does to us, right? Like it steals our nature, our identity, our purpose, our everything. And I just kind of ruined it for people who might not have seen it, which hopefully that's no one, but in like five uh,
0: years. <laughs>
2: yeah. But Takah ends up being is actually Te Fiti. Yeah. And it again is this beautiful, not beautiful, it's this like actual real image of like what sin does to us. tafiti was yeah. this beautiful God of creation. Um, and this beautiful thing. And we are beautiful as God created us and attended us but sin mars us and scars us and disfigures us and with a single touch like if you noticed in in the image it's a the slightest touch of moana and the and her heart to Daka. and it transforms everything and that's the touch of god's mercy um mm. to remind us of our identity to give us his mercy and his love and we're restored back to the beautiful creation we are intended to be just like Takah was transformed into back into Tafiti. Amen
0: and yet that's where the the adventure itself part ends Moana uh well Tafiti gets to Moana and she like stops and Moana like touches her and then gives her her heart back and then suddenly all like literally like this like the the lava and the scales like fall from her and it like bursts forth in green and the island is transformed back into like this lush like paradise and yeah just this amazing image of restoration and yeah creation crying out and like seeing uh god restore um the last thing i want to focus on is not a very large part of the movie um, they come back to the island, Pua is still there. He is still adorable. So don't worry if you haven't seen it. Pua survives. But they come back to the islands, everyone's happy. Uh, Moana's family's happy. But then, crucially, what happens next with the people on Safidi, and this is how the movie ends, is that they go back to be there's some indication they go back to being wayfinders. So instead of it just being, hey, we made it back to the island, great, like they get they they fix their boats. And they take out to the sea because that's who they were as a people. So again, this theme of identity is is a, laid across most of the main characters: Moana, Maui, the islanders themselves, Tafiti. And so we've seen Moana realize who she is. We've seen Maui realize who he is. Uh, we've seen Tafiti realize who she is. And now we see the entire island realizing more of like this is who we not just who we used to be, but who we are. This is what we did before we got comfortable uh, and complacent. Um, And so they go back to the seas and kind of reclaim that. And I like, ah, this, it's, it's, again, it's not very long, but it is one of those things where if that hadn't happened, I think you would have been missing a huge part of that narrative theme. And also just like this idea of, um, as we're translating it to faith of like, Moana took a step out in faith encountered the Lord. And in so doing, she helped an entire group of people to realize who they were meant to be, and to more fully take that on. Um, And, you know, that gets into a theme that we've talked about on, on the podcast, and will even more so, but this idea of, you know, being a part of the body of Christ, being a part of a Christian community, whether it's a church, or a group of friends, or whatever, this idea that by being like, by being faithful in what our call is, we help others to do the same. Um, And we, by remembering who we are, we help others to remember who they are. So like as a body, as a people, they were restored in that sense to go back to who they were meant to be. And like, I know that's a prayer of restoration that I need to pray more for the body of Christ at large and the church at large that we would remember Who we are and whose we are, and that our actions would reflect that. Because this could have just been like a mountaintop moment for Moana, and that's it. It wasn't. It was like, I'm back, and because of this, we need to change. Um, And yeah, that's something that, you know, for me, I pray for grace to recognize those moments in my life and to be a part of bringing about that restoration in in other areas. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say on that, but that really stuck out to me upon another rewatch.
1: Yeah, Um. just I think my final talking point is just that, like, this wasn't just a one time adventure where like, oh, a kid goes out and it's not like, it's not really a coming of age movie either. It's not like, oh, this little kid comes back, they go on this adventure, they come back uh, closer to being an adult or a young adult. It's no, this is now a permanent pivot. Hmm. Um. And I think it's that kind of like, that's what repentance is, right? Repentance is to change is to turn away from it's to it's like pivot in your direction right and so like when you repent from something you are changing direction into a new like that's your new course now you don't you're not like backsliding you're you're staying the new course amen
0: well that that seems like a good place to to leave it that's Moana everybody we got to figure out who these these Christians are at Disney. Out of five five stars,
2: gents, what would you what would you give Moana? Ten. Uh, yeah, well, I, I'd give it a five to you know because I'm a a law abiding citizen. <laughs> I would also give it a five. It is
0: just it's one of, for all the reasons we just discussed, it is an excellent movie. But it's also one of the better movies I think that Disney's put out in in a minute. Um, so yeah. Thank you to our patrons for for joining us. this, again, we're really excited about this season and excited to get um this first official episode of the format um done for you guys. So thank you for supporting us on the work that we try to do uh, with this podcast. If you have any, um suggestions for movies that you want us to tackle or challenges for movies that you want us to tackle and find jesus in um you can email us at three guys at, the well at gmail.com and who knows in a future episode we may take on your movie or tv show so that is all for this episode we'll talk to you very soon here at the well